welcome to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. I'm Ashley Capaldi and with me today is Paul Steer, OCR's Head of Policy. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Ofsted's proposed inspection framework. So lots of commentators have been very upbeat about the proposed changes to the Ofsted framework, haven't they? Yes, yeah. And a lot of people like it, and particularly because some of the, the language around it is about not obsessing with school testing and exam results and much more emphasis on what it calls the quality of education. And the thing it talks about most is the importance of a school's curriculum, the breadth, range of stuff people uh, learn and, you know, the order in which they learn it. And there are quite a few things Ofsted says it wants to put a stop to as well. Yes, yeah. So, um, for example, uh, they'd like to put a stop to collecting loads and loads of data about pupil performance. Um, according to Ofsted's commentary, um, there's so much data collection that goes on now that uh, teachers are in danger of turning into data managers who just do a bit of teaching on the side. Um, Ofsted also wants to put a, a stop to what's commonly called teaching to the test. Mm -hmm. It wants pupils to learn stuff not just because it might come up in an exam, mm -hmm. but because it's important to learn it. And Chief Inspector uh, said uh, the curriculum is not a pop quiz as a way of putting that That's across. Amanda Spielman, Ofsted's yes. chief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, off-rolling, there's been a lot of press coverage about pupils um, who it's thought may not do so well um, uh, being uh, off-rolled from the school. Uh, there's also uh, a desire to put a stop to what is seen as um, uh, kind of gaming the system around exams by putting kids in for exams where... Uh, it's not really in their interest to do that particular subject. Uh, it might be very easy for them, though. And if they get a good result, then that's good for the school's league table points right. rather than the pupil. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a concern about uh, uh, pupils starting GCSEs way too early. Mm -hmm. So you've got uh, young people, 12 or 13, already starting their GCSEs. So they might be starting to study Macbeth or whatever. Um, uh, for something that they're not actually going to do an exam on until they get to 16 or thereabouts. And you can imagine how bored you could get studying Macbeth um, being drilled on it for that many years. I mean, it's a good play. But... Yeah, there's more than one Shakespeare play. Yes, yes. And, of course, they could be um, doing other things as well, like learning a musical instrument or a bit of sport or something. So that's one of the things that their new framework is supposed to be looking at. Right. And there's also lots of references to the curriculum within the framework as well, isn't there? Yes. Yes. So um, uh, at a kind of headline level, the, the first thing it says is it wants to see a curriculum that is ambitious. Mm -hmm. um, and that can mean a lot of things. But I think it's a signal that they want a curriculum that will stretch and challenge everybody from the least able to the most able. Um, so there aren't some people getting bored by the curriculum uh, because they think it's too easy for them or mm -hmm. other people being only given certain things which are thought to kind of keep them quiet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the curriculum should uh, also, it says, provide young people with knowledge and cultural cultural capital. I managed to spit that out in the end. Um <laughs> 
if you're interested, that, that phrase cultural capital comes with a definition, which is it's the knowledge that pupils need to be educated citizens, introducing them to the best that has been thought and said and helping them to engender an appreciation of human creativity and achievement. So that sounds very ambitious for a <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> OK, and so although there's a great deal in there as well about acquiring skills, there's quite a lot of emphasis on the acquisition of knowledge through the curriculum. Uh, so you get statements that talk about, um, uh, the, for example, the curriculum should provide for the recall of baked-in knowledge, securing a memory of key concepts and building on those. So that's quite a, a familiar model of taking a key concept, um, opportunities to recall it, uh, and building on it and extending over time in a planned curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, and this interest is also, uh, the knowledge bit is often tied to uh, subject level, uh, and so there is also statements about the importance of the role of subject teachers, mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that the new framework we'll look at is the, the professional development uh, that's there for teachers in developing and extending their own specialist knowledge in a subject. So will the new proposed framework actually succeed in its aims, do you think? Well, of course, there are quite a few challenges. A lot of people have said that this is all a bit rushed, uh, and it is true to say that if the consultation goes to plan, the new framework is to be adopted from this coming September. Uh, it doesn't give people a huge amount of time to get ready. Uh, and there are questions about whether Ofsted has the capacity and the resources, whether it has enough inspectors to uh, bring about uh, you know, the, the kind of transformation except over a much longer period of time. So if Ofsted might not be ready, will schools be ready? <laughs> Well, that's a question for the schools. I'm, I'm sure that um, uh, some schools will feel quite comfortable that they've got a strong curriculum and, and they're, they're ready for this. But for others, I think developing and maintaining uh, the sort of inclusive and coherent curriculum that's being asked for might be quite challenging. Ofsted itself admits that uh, there'll be a requirement for more uh, professional development for teachers um, it says that in its findings, a number of teachers and leaders have not been trained to think deeply about what they want their pupils to learn and how they're going to teach it. So that shift of emphasis might need some development for them. Uh, and interestingly, during a pilot of this framework, Ofsted found some schools that have been judged outstanding under the current framework uh, when they looked at their curriculum um, although they were outstanding schools, they found the curricula to be weak or poor. So it was maybe outstanding test scores then they were inspecting. So will this new framework actually create a meaningful shift away from a focus on just test scores, do you think? OK, well, that's the million-dollar question. And most people would say no if you were, being, uh, if you were saying that from now on, outcomes don't matter. And Ofsted itself has not said that. This is a recalibration. 
but uh, how you, you can't pretend that GCSE results don't matter. You, uh, parents and politicians aren't going to give up the habit of looking at uh, schools and judging them by their results. Um, and much of the language from Ofsted is about uh, inspection reports that um, provide information and judgments which complement which is what is shown on school performance tables. So people will still be looking at both. And pupil attainment, of course, and qualifications will always be important. Right. And you sort of noticed a change in the way Ofsted is working. They're trying to be a lot more transparent and open yes. and approachable, sort yeah. of. And perhaps part of uh, why I would be hopeful that in the fullness of time Ofsted will succeed in a number of these aims it is the fact that it has proven to be open to a healthy debate. Um, it's committed to consulting and listening. Uh, it's published a large number of reports, blogs, uh, held events um, for its pilot. It's published uh, some uh, stuff which you know, is warts and all. Uh, and it's talked about being... Uh, a transparent and available body. And one of the aims is that in the future, uh, schools might look forward to a visit from Ofsted uh, and that uh, the uh, experience of being inspected might actually be a positive one. We'll have to wait and see on that. OK, we'll be waiting a little while to see if that happens. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. You can find more on our website. That's www.cambridgeassessment.org.uk. Just search for Podcast Gallery. And we're also on iTunes.